Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hi, this is Eric Dickerson, and you're listening to The Jake Brown Show. And welcome to The Jake Brown Show, radio.com, iTunes, and Spotify. Jake Brown Radio, Jake Brown Show on Twitter and the Gram. Joining us now is a man you might know pretty well, Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 1999, the former running back, still with the most yards in a single season. Brush the dirt off your shoulder, Eric Dickerson. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good. How you doing? <laughs> good. Uh, I mean, sometimes you just got to brush the dirt off. I mean, sometimes I do it, and I didn't run for 2,000 yards. Uh, so, I mean, Adrian Peterson came oh so close. But you got to, I mean, you got to have, I mean, you got to be stunting a little bit. You got to feel pretty good that you still got that record. Man, you know, honestly, when I set that record back in 1984, I, I thought I would break it again. Um, it just goes to show how hard it is to get to, uh, you can get to 2,000 yards, you know, not even 2,100, because uh, pretty much everything has to go right. And I mean right, correct. You can, you know, you can have a few let drop-offs, but, you know, you can't fall behind too early, you can't get hurt, uh, you know, so it was just one of those magical years. And, I mean, you don't even think, in this game today, Eric, I mean, it's become such a passing game that the thought of 2,000 yards is crazy. We just don't see guys, one, play all 16 games, two, teams run the ball that many times to even get there. Uh, so your record could hold forever. <laughs> I don't know forever, but I think it'll hold for a while. You know, you're right. Because, you know, uh, pro football has come, it's, it's become like 7-on-7 seven seven now. You know, it's it's all about the quarterback. Uh, you know, the quarterback, the Alabama quarterback, the MVP uh, of the NFL. It's like, it's, that's like, it's, it's a given it has to be the quarterback. Um, you know, they go running back, back to me, which, you know, if you're a true runner, a true back, you, you don't like that. I mean, you want to come out when you want to come out, and you might need a breather, a breather for you know, play or two, but other than that, you want you want to stay in the game. Eric Dickerson joining us, the VP of Business Development for the Rams. What what is what does that exactly mean? Because it's definitely a fancy title. But what what is what, what is your role with the Rams? <laughs> you know, I got to know my role. Let's be honest with you. <laughs> you know, we're, what, 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 we know one of the things that I'm going to do is, is is try to get the city excited about the Rams, and it started happening this year. You know, getting out into the community and, and getting. The, the fans and the schools and the young kids, you know, the millennials more into to football. And because, you know, you understand the Rams have been gone for 22 years. And, you know, to come back back, all of a sudden, it's just like, hey, we're back. It, it doesn't work like that. And, and I was trying to explain that to, to some of the Rams head office people that look, you know, it's like you had a girlfriend or a boyfriend, you left, and all of a sudden you want to show up 22 years later and say, hey, I, here I am. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, okay, and. You have to you have to take her out and you know, take him out and woo him a little bit. You like you got, you got to trick him. You got to trick him a little bit, trick her a little bit for a while. You just don't jump back in it. Mm-hmm. And and obviously this year 
was a success for the Rams and they make the playoffs. A lot of people didn't think it. Um, I actually bet a friend of mine, and I'm sorry to say this, but I said that the Rams would have six wins or less, I believe. And they had seven or more, so I had a pony up, I think, 50 bucks or something. Uh, but <laughs> you, you guys proved me wrong, man. And uh, and Jared Goff was great in, in his second year here. And Sean McVay, I mean, just a couple of years older than me. Man, do I feel like a scrub. This guy's coaching his team to the playoffs, and here I am uh, hosting a, a show here. Uh, you had to be a little surprised by how good this team got so quickly under a young head coach. Most definitely. I mean, uh, you did better than I did because I said they'd win four to five games. <laughs> so, you know, I, I didn't give them that much credit. You know, after watching them for the last couple of years, even going to St. Louis and seeing them how they played two years ago, when they first came back, man, it was horrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was just hard. It was hard to watch. You know, we had a great defense, but our offense was like watching Pop Warner, to be honest with you. And I said high school, and Todd Gurley said it was like Pop Warner football. <laughs> but uh, I just didn't see much. I didn't see much of a future uh, until they hired Sean McVay, and, and I didn't know. I didn't know a lot about Sean McVay. I, I made some calls about him, and, and everybody I talked to about Coach McVay said the same thing. Man, this guy loves football. Eric. He, he's been around football his whole life. He's committed to it. And I'm telling you, he can help your football team. He's an offensive-minded guy, and that's something we needed. We needed an offensive-minded coach to help because we have, we have some weapons on offense. We just didn't use, we didn't utilize them. But I don't think they knew how to use them. I mean, look at Jared Goff, a guy, a young, a young quarterback who the first year they thought he was a bust. Mm-hmm. I mean, and 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 I kept saying, look, it's unfair because you know he's really not getting a shot. He doesn't have uh, the right offense. He doesn't have the right the right coaches for him. The right quarterback coach. You know, to coach him, and, and I, I'm, I'm just a big believer in that. I think as a, as a quarterback position, you have to have the right elements and the right coach coaching you in that position. And, and this year, uh, it, it showed uh, just how good this football team uh, became in, in one year. And McVay just turned 32 last week. And you know this is a 32-year-old man's headline. When you Google him, and the first thing that comes up is Sean McVay's insanely hot girlfriend hits Maui in bikini uh, from TMZ. (laughs) So this man is living large, Eric. (laughs) Hey, I don't blame him. Live large. And you know what? You're supposed to enjoy your offseason. Enjoy your time off. He should be in Maui with his his young, pretty young girlfriend. He's young, so enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, enjoy, enjoy being young because it don't last long. I'm telling you that. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I'm cherishing the single life at 26 as long as I can here. Uh, 27 next week, but Sean McVay in his 30s probably get any girl he wants now, and he's a good-looking dude um, at 32. And what is it about him that made him so good? What 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 does he have a certain moxie to him? What is it about McVay that the players respected so much at such a young age? Maybe it's the fact that he relates to a lot of these guys, but what do you think it exactly was? I think it's his commitment to winning. Mm-hmm. I think I think he wants to do whatever it takes to win. And, and, think, and one thing about about being a an athlete, uh, especially a football player, it's all about winning. I mean, it really is. I mean, you you play that game so hard, and it's such a tough sport. And it's so hard to win those football games, and you're committed to winning. And when you don't win, it's heartbreaking. I think a lot of people don't realize that you take that home with you. You take it home when you lose a game. You just don't forget about it. And, and Sean McVay, can, I think he can relate to that, being a, a former, not NFL player, but a former player, uh, quarterback. Uh, you know, his, his grandfather was, uh, I think, coach, I mean, he was the general manager of the 49ers back in their, their heyday. So he's been around football his whole life. And, and, and you talk to the players, and the one thing they say is, you know, he listens. He, he listens, and, and he understands us. You know, and, and you're right, a lot of these players, they're, they're young. It's just a young football team. And you have someone that can relate to you, 
but yet you respect him, and, and they res- and, and they respect him, and he respects them. So it, it, that's what makes it work. I really believe that's, that that was one of the key ingredients. And you know, a lot of coaches that are head coaches, they have such egos that they don't want to hire, you know, someone that could possibly take their job. Mm-hmm. You know, that they're afraid to hire that guy. They don't want to lose control. I saw Sean do a couple of things last year. I really, I'm like, wow. As a head coach, he was. They were, I think they were playing the Cowboys, and he was over. He wasn't even standing. You know, most coaches want to stand in the front where they can be seen. He was over on the cooler talking to the offense. You know, because the, the defense was on the field. He wasn't even like like Wade guy. He has this. I'm over here doing my thing. And then when the offense came back on the field, that's when he went back up to to help with the off dude run the offense. And so, you know, he he just like I would say, everybody stay in your lane. You do what you do best, and I think he does that offense done a great job with our offense this year and Wade Phillips done a, done a great job with our defense. And it's crazy to think that there are some players that are older than him. Uh, the head oh, coach yeah. I mean, is, is younger than some of the players, which is actually kind of cool, and I think we're going to see a direction of more younger head coaches um, as time goes on, just because how the fact you relate to players, and I'm sure players. Uh, I mean, I mean, you you can't relate much more to a guy than a guy who's got a hot girlfriend on a beach in Maui. I'm sure players <laughs> love that when they look him up. Uh, Eric Dickerson, <laughs> Hall of Fame running back, joining us. Eric also. I, I, I agree yeah. with you with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if if they look him up and they see that, they're like, "Damn, Sean, you're doing good for yourself." Uh, so I think they respect that. Sean also, uh, excuse me, Eric hosts a Facebook live show with Terrell Owens and LA Sports anchor Liz Habib. Airing live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and working with To Man, uh, I mean, you did that, and you partnered with him uh, with Nerd Wallet to help athletes understand finances on their own. He is a charismatic guy, a guy that I've met before who uh, gave me one of his prototype hats. I know his, he's got some fresh new gear, his fashion line. Uh, how do you like uh, working with To? I like To. You know. Tio reminds me so much of myself uh, when I was young. I mean, I look at I look at his career and some of the kind of parallels. Um, you know, in some ways, not always. Um, a guy that um, came from a humble background, um, didn't watch a lot of sports. I was raised by my my great great aunt. He's raised by his grandmother. Uh, a guy that, in the, my day, you know, the media they were they, when they wrote something, people thought it was got the gospel truth and and. And they took advantage of a lot of players and, and, and a lot of situations. You know, same thing about players like, like me. I mean, like I always, I told Tio, I said, man, I said, I've, I've been you. I've had guys write articles about me with so false, but we didn't have a Twitter. We didn't have an Instagram, you know, and, and it, it's so unfair. It, it was unfair. And it, it made me callous and, and, and made me close up to the media. Well, I didn't like the media. And, and I'm, still, I'm still a football player. I'm still an athlete at heart. And do I trust the media? No, I do not. And I'll, I'll tell any media person that if I know you and I have a good relationship with you, if I tell you something and I say don't say it and I don't hear it again, then I know I can trust you pretty much. But, you know, T.O.'s a, a really good guy, a guy that to me it's a shame that, that he's not in the NFL Hall of Fame and he should be in. He mm-hmm. should have been in his first ballot and, and he should get in this year going in. And it, it just shows to me a joke how some of these writers are just a joke to me because – they don't know what it takes to play football. And, and you talk to players who play the game and play against T.O., look, this isn't a popularity contest. Mm-hmm. Football's not. It's not, it's not. it's not an ass-kissing contest. It's playing football. That's what it's all about. A guy told me that when I got inducted, he wouldn't tell me who was. He was a sports writer, one of the writers that voted. He said, Eric, I'm going to tell you something. He said, you were a, a, a unanimous, unanimous decision, but one guy said he wouldn't vote for you and what his reason was. And his reason was because you held out. And I asked him, what the hell does that have to do with playing football? Mm-hmm. He said, nothing, but I will never vote for a guy that held out. So it just goes to show that 
look, you have to put your personal feelings aside when it comes to certain things and athletes and, 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 and doing the right thing. And to me, this guys I didn't play with, I played against, and I didn't like them, but should they be in the Hall of Fame with the great players? Hell yeah, no doubt. I'll give them their props. And that's and I, I just believe that, you know, when, when a guy has, has played the way T.O. has played hard as he has for the game and, and gave all he had, that he deserved that. And he should he deserved it on the first ballot. But I think he'll get in. I'm almost I'm I'm positive he'll get in this time. If it if he doesn't get in this time, now it becomes it becomes it almost puts a black eye on the Hall of Fame. It's it's a joke. It's like you're gonna take the the, the you're gonna take the, the you got Jerry Rice, you got T.O. the second guy. I'm gonna take the fifth receiver. I'm gonna take the tenth guy. I don't want the second guy. It just it's just it's laughable <laughs> to me. Yeah, I agree, and I think he's gonna get in. And I agree with you in the fact some of these writers and I, I like to do this because I, I'm I, I write, but I I don't put myself in that group with some of those writers because some of these guys hold personal grudges on the fact that that's it. Personal that, grudges. Yeah, and the fact that T.O. maybe wasn't great with the media or he didn't give them a great story or he was disrespectful. I mean, look what he did on the field. His numbers speak for themselves, uh, and I, I think he's going to get in. And some of these guys, I mean, uh, I mean, they're in their grandma's basement with a box of Kleenex on their side, and some of these guys just don't don't get it. You look at what you did in the field, and you don't hold a grudge uh, for something or a quote he didn't give you that one time or, or your one time talking with him. Uh, so I, I think they're not looking at what needs to be looked at, which is how incredible of a receiver he was. Uh, exactly. So, and I think T.O.'s going to be pissed if he doesn't get in this year because we already know he's been oh, pissed. Man. He's not in. Man, if, I'm going to say if he don't be getting in, I'm gonna, I was pissed when the first time. I'd really be pissed now because you know knowing T.O., it would just be like I mean, really, it would it would it would give the black the Hall of Fame a black eye. I mean, it really mm-hmm. would because now this is becoming a joke because it's like. Saying, you know, you got one of the greatest players, but he's not in the hall. Well, I, you know, I don't think he deserves because of his antics or because I didn't like the way he did this. You know, when, when I went in, the reporter asked me this. He said, "You're going in with Lawrence Taylor. Do you think Lawrence Taylor deserves to be in the Hall of Fame because of all the drugs and the women and the sex and all that kind of stuff?" I started laughing. I said, "Man, you sound like a damn fool." <laughs> I, said, I said, "What do you think?" I said, "I tell you what. Line up in the backfield and try to play against him, and I think I think you'll have a different." perspective on it. I said, hell yeah, he deserved to be in. I said, he's a football player. I'm sorry. That's what it's all about. It's about. It's not about how you lived your life. After he had killed nobody. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I said, he's a, he was a pro football player. That's what he did for a living. And it's not like other players weren't doing crazy things like him. And I, I don't think that uh, should affect what you did in the field. Lawrence Taylor might be the greatest linebacker ever. So, yeah, I agree. I think uh, the priorities are mix, mixed up, and we're seeing uh, some trouble in baseball with the fact that ste- – I mean, steroids are different because it's cheating, but, I mean, what Barry Bonds did in his career, even with the cheating, even before that, he was a Hall of Famer. So I think exactly. uh, that's relatable to Eric Dickerson joining us on the Jake Brown Show. Uh, what about T on the XFL? What do you think of the XFL? Uh, maybe T.O. <laughs> says he could play in the NFL, so why not go to the XFL? Man, <laughs> Nah, you just saying that. You now, uh-uh. I mean, Tio can still play. Now, I think the XFL is going to start for another two years. Now, I don't know what happened in two years if Tio be ready to play. But you know, I, I keep I keep telling him. I said, look, now you're 44 years old. I see. I know he and he's in fantastic shape. I said, but still, you are still 44 now. I don't care how you got great shape you're in. You're still 44. You still got that 44 year old body. Hey, so he, no, he believes it though. I think he does. He, he does believe. He does believe it. You're right. Do you ever just want to? Do you ever like want to smack him if when he says that he could play in the NFL? Or are you ever like To? Are you kidding me? Let me tell you this: I, I me and To got into a debate mm-hmm. uh, about uh, baseball, and he said that he could have hit. Um, God, what's the Dodgers pitcher? Clayton Kershaw. 
No, the last game for, when they lost. Um, was it a Kershaw? Uh, it was uh, not Kershaw. A starting no, pitcher? You Darvish? No, he wasn't starting. He wasn't starting. He started. He started the last. He started the last World Series game. Uh, oh, that's on the tip of my tongue too. I can't think of it. I need goose down. Uh, I can't think of it. Anyway, so I said, T.O., you cannot hit a pro. Oh, I said, you sound like a fool. <laughs> so we going back and forth. I said, T.O., I guarantee you, you cannot hit that ball. Oh, I said, man, so I, I, I – uh, it was you, Darvish. You, Darvish was the pitcher. Yeah, you, Darvish. Yeah. He said he could hit. You. I said you can't hit you, Darvish. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm like, I'm, it's seriously. Like, we're, we're arguing. I mean, I'm, I'm arguing. I said, T.O., you sound like one of these guys that say, "Man, I can go out there and run around and catch the catch the ball in the NFL and catch a touchdown." He says, "Different." I said, "T.O., it's no different." I said, "You sound like one of those guys." So, <laughs> I got. I, I talked to Ken, Kenley Jensen um, mm-hmm. about a month ago. And so I told him, I want to set it up where he's going to pitch to T.O. He said, he said, I'd love to pitch to it. I want to see if he can, if he can hit it. So he throws cheese, him. too. He throws cheese. Oh, my gosh, man. This is going to be funny. Oh, yeah. That that needs to be on video for sure. Um, Eric Dickerson joining us on the Jake Brown Show for a few more minutes. Um, circling back to the Rams, I mean, how insane was it to you that Jeff Fisher took kind of the credit for the Rams' success this season? Isn't that a little mind-boggling? <laughs> Oh, man, you know, <laughs> uh, it, I, it, I like to say it, it was funny. I mean, he was smoking something. <laughs> he said, he said, he said that he left him in pretty good shape. Now, I'm gonna say what I said all along, and, and honestly, I don't know Jeff Fisher well. I really don't know Jeff, and Jeff don't know me. I mean, I know him through Hey, how you doing? You blah blah blah. This, but I don't know Jeff. He played a little bit. I didn't. He played against me. I don't really remember him. But um, I'll say this much here. When you make a statement by I left a team in pretty good shape, I always feel like that's that, once again, that's that losing mentality. That's that we went 8-8, eight and eight, you know, we didn't have a losing season. 8-8 eight eight to me is a losing season. And and Jeff's tenure at the Rams was not a good one. I mean, he never had a winning season. Um, and I just I, – I, the, the run-in that we had, like I told him, I said, man, I want my football team to win like everyone else's team to win. I said, I want my fans to cheer – for their football team like everyone else's team here. I said, it's no fun for our fans in Los Angeles to come to a game and watch this on the field. I just, I said, you know, and that's, and that's just my opinion. And so, you know, we had a difference in opinion of it. And, uh, you know, it, it, got public, it got public. But I don't have any hard feelings against Jeff. I don't know if Jeff, because like I said, I could kill less with Jeff. Thinks me. He could probably kill less without thinking him. It makes no difference. He's not my friend. I'm not his friend. You know, um, but like I told him before, I'm all about my football team winning. That's all I want. Yeah, and and I said if Jeff Fisher I've ever interviewed him, it would have to be an interview between seven and nine minutes because he was the king of seven and nine uh, and eight and eight. Uh, you can't do an interview longer than that with him. Uh, Eric Dickerson joining us. Last one for you, Eric, before I let you go. Super Bowl, what do you think, man? Patriots, uh, Eagles, we got the Eagles going for their first ever. The Patriots looking to keep the dynasty going. Uh, your cousin Ricky is rooting for the Pats. Uh, who do you got in this game? What do you think is going to happen? Well, first of all, I'm really disappointed in Ricky. I guess got to say that. I'm disappointed <laughs> that you say that. Uh, you know, I say the Patriots, they have the dynasty. They have a dynasty. They really do. You can't dispute that. They have a great coach in Bill Belichick. Uh, they have arguably the, the best quarterback to ever play the game in Tom Brady. Um, but I feel like this game comes down to a team I think is a better football team. I think the Eagles are a better football team all the way around. Except in one position, quarterback and the coaching, I give the edge to to the Patriots for sure. 
Um, I feel like it'll be a good game. I'm going to go with the Eagles. And, and um, I just feel like the Eagles are going to beat them. Um, why? I think the Eagles have you – know, the, the, the special teams are good. The offense is good. The defense is good. That's a, that's a well-rounded team. I mean, I, I think it was – and, you know, I think if, if, if Carson Wentz wouldn't have gotten hurt, I think he probably would have been MVP mm-hmm. of the NFL. But Nick Foles has come in, and he's played very well. I mean, I think that uh, the thing that, that Doug Peterson has done a good job of, of Nick Foles is, is doing what he does best not trying to make him cross and wince. You know, I think every guy has their strong suit. You know, when I went to Indianapolis, they had to split backfield in, and I didn't want – I mean, I told them I can't – I don't like split backfield. So they changed it to the eye back. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing for, for, for Nick Foles is that they had to make some change in that offense that fit him, you know, not, not Carson because Carson is hurt. So, and I think you saw as the time went on, as they played, the, the, you know, the, in, the, in the NFC Championship game, the first playoff game, how he played. And you watched them, they, they dissected – what was supposedly the best defense in the NFL was the Minnesota Vikings. They made them look like the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. I mean, so um, I'm taking the, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles in this football game. And I hope you're right. I think it's going to be interesting to see if we see the Foles in the playoffs or we see the Foles of Week 17 who look terrible. Uh, that's going to that's going to be key. He looks like two different quarterbacks, Eric. I mean, you never never know what you're going to get out of him. And we know the running game is good, but you're going to have to rely at him at some point. I mean, you know the Patriots are probably going to get out to an early lead. Uh, so we'll see. It should be a good one. Eric Dickerson, Ooh. Hall of Fame running back. I know you're in Minnesota this week. Enjoy it. Uh, you catch him on Mondays on iHeartRadio AM 570 and Facebook Live with T.O. Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Pacific, and uh, the VP of Business Development for the Rams. That's a nice-looking business card uh, you got to have. We'll figure out what, what, what it means later. <laughs> yeah, right? Eric, appreciate you coming right. on the show, man. Take care. Okay. All right, thanks. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.